Well, I'm going to give you permission today for something you might not expect this morning. But today I want to give you permission that it is okay sometimes to be annoyed. Now, I hope that it's not with me, but, but I just want to give you permission that there are some things worth being annoyed about. And, and I know that often we, we fill our lives being annoyed about some trivial things. Uh, and maybe we're kind of like real-life versions of Seinfeld. We find whatever coffee shop we need to find our friend group that we can just bicker about. Isn't that thing so annoying? Why do people do this thing? And for you, maybe it's like you had a serious conversation with someone and they pulled out their phone and they were just kind of scrolling during the middle of a serious conversation. Or maybe you were driving and you saw a perfect parking spot and you got so excited and then you got closer and you realize why it's still available and someone's parked halfway over into the other lane. Why would you just waste the spot? Or maybe you were going to get ice cream and you're in line and one of the people in the midst of the line decides that the entire line wants to hear a political divisive conversation, thinking everybody wants to just play along. Not that that happened last night for any reason. Um, But life has a lot of trivial things that annoy us. But sometimes those things that annoy us, that bring out some anger, some frustration, have weight to them, that there's some injustice, something that you know is wrong with the world that you're like, I can't help it. It agitates my spirit. I'm frustrated. And you all probably have different lists of things that might include that, of where you felt so moved that you've been frustrated at the injustice. Maybe you knew someone that they were working multiple jobs and they were just still struggling just to make it week to week, one health emergency, one other thing, and it would all fall apart, no matter how much they were trying. Or, or maybe you know someone who struggled with mental health challenges, and for whatever reason, they couldn't get access to any help unless they break the law. It takes being a criminal to finally get the help that was needed. And those kinds of things, they, they frustrate, they irritate, they move your spirit. And today, I want us to find the permission that it's okay to release a holy frustration in a healthy way, no matter the cost. And so we're going to read from Acts chapter 16, and Paul's going to be walking through the streets of Philippi, and he's going to get annoyed, and that makes it a fun story. We don't often get that a disciple, an apostle, that anybody gets just quote-unquote annoyed, but he's going to become annoyed, and he's actually going to act in this story. And so... uh, As a little preview, we're going to spend a few weeks in the fullness of this story, but I'm going to read just some some verses to get us started. Now, one day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaimed to you a way of salvation. And she kept doing this for many days. I'm going to stop there. Now, this is already a peculiar situation. We're in Philippi. Uh, If you don't know anything about Philippi, it's a major city. It's like the major city of the region of Macedonia, which is where Alexander the Great was from. Uh, So think big city environment. Maybe there's carts wheeling by, and there's animals, and there's kids, and, and, and older folks, and there's merchants and travelers. It's a busy street, and, and they're just on their way to a place of prayer. They're kind of going to church that day. 
and they walk by someone that was of note. They see uh, a slave woman who is a fortune teller. And maybe you might already just kind of notice the fortune teller in the scene. And I don't know if she's saying, I can guess your weight, which is a little dangerous game. Or I could tell how old you are. Can I guess your age? Or do you want to know who you're going to fall in love with? Or do you want to communicate with that deceased loved one? I'm, I'm hearing an M. Easy letter. Mom. <laughs> Mary. Martha. Melissa. But whatever caught their attention about her, that they could know she's a fortune teller, there's definitely more to the scene that you can't help but notice this woman. Because maybe you've had this experience where you've walked through someplace and the salesperson is following you. I know sometimes we'll walk into to Sam's Club and the AT&T reps are very good at trying to hunt you down. And it, thankfully, since I use AT&T, it can somewhat help push them away, but they just will follow you. And so ever, if you've ever been followed, you've maybe tried different tactics. You've sped up, walked a little bit faster. You, you turned an aisle. Maybe you pulled out your phone. Remember earlier? I'm going to ignore you. I'm going to act like I'm on the phone. But it's going to be hard to ignore this slave woman, fortune teller, because she's following them, but not discreetly, because she's shouting while she's following them. And she's shouting, and she's shouting, and maybe you've been downtown and heard someone shouting, and that can be a little alarming, because you're like, are they, are they angry? Are they about to start a fight? Are they mentally unwell? Like, what's going on here? We're not used to people just randomly escalating their voice. But she's going around, and she's not shouting nonsense. She's shouting something very particular. She's actually like a herald of the story, pronouncing good news, which makes it a weird introduction to good news in the story. But she's going around shouting, these men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Now, the story says it keeps happening. She keeps following them around saying, these men are slaves of the Most High God, and they proclaim the way of salvation. Just keep hearing it on repeat. They keep hearing her shouting it. And I think it's interesting because she is herself a slave, and she's saying these men are slaves, but not slaves of any man. These men are slaves of the God Most High. And they're pronouncing the way of salvation. And I think at some point in the midst of this woman continually following them, continually shouting out, at some point they're, they're going to feel a little tension. She's saying that we pronounce salvation, freedom, release, and the person shouting it out is clearly enslaved, both spiritually and physically. She's owned by a human being, and she is spiritually filled with the this, this spirit that's taken over her. And so at some point, you've got to figure out, what do I do with this tension? Because I realize that something is wrong here, something's off here, and she's pointing out the fact that I'm talking about salvation. How long can I go on ignoring that? What do I do to release the tension? And so I think each of us have different mechanisms that we do to release some of the tension. When we know there's something wrong in the world, we have some release valves that help us sleep a little bit better at night. And one of those things is that we will relieve our tension by looking away, by ignoring it. 
And so maybe you've heard someone shouting on the street and you try to just ignore it, you know? Not my problem, I'm gonna move on. And we just, I, if I don't look at it, maybe it's not real. Maybe I don't have to actually answer this. Maybe I don't have to address this thing. And so we just act like if we ignore it, it's not our problem. But the thing is, if it's a problem, it's, it's still a problem whether you're looking or not. It's kind of wishful thinking, maybe it'll just go away. And so we just hope maybe if I ignore it long enough, maybe if I act like it's not there, it'll go away. But the problem happens when that tension, when that problem hits home and you can't ignore it anymore. This thing that was someone else's problem, something far away, when it gets close to you, suddenly you can't look away anymore. You've got to look in the eyes and, and realize all the times that you've ignored it in the past and figure out what are you going to do now, now that you can't run and hide from it anymore. And there's a second version of this ignoring release valve, and that's lying to yourself. Some of us want to create a false narrative, a false story, so that way we don't have to deal with the real problem and real tragedy at hand. And so it's more convenient to just go on imagining that the injustice isn't actually an injustice. And so we, we tell ourselves stories. And there are, are some false narratives like this when, when you do these broad categorical statements where you say things falsely like, well, poor people are just lazy. And maybe you sleep easier at night that someone's struggling and well, maybe they just worked harder. But that's not always the case and it's not usually the case. Because for one, Jesus was pretty poor. His disciples were pretty poor. I don't think we usually call Jesus lazy. His monetary value did not have anything to do with his work ethic, his character, his spirit. But also, there's a lot of poor working people who have definitely a lot less vacation time, work a lot longer hours, have much worse working conditions. And it's just categorically unfair just to make a broad statement. But sometimes it might make you feel a little bit easier whenever you're like, oh, I'm enjoying the fruit of my work. And I see someone else who doesn't have as much and I can just say, well, maybe if they worked harder. And it's just a way to release some of the internal tension of the fact that it is hard to see when people are suffering. It's hard when someone is struggling just to make, you know, pay back medical bills or whatever it is. And so sometimes we just start lying to ourselves because it's easier than facing the reality of the difficult situation. But once again, you start meeting people, it starts getting closer to home and you can't hide with that anymore. You might, for a while, you might start saying, well, this person, I know they work hard, but, but they're the exception. They're the rarity. But then that exception list keeps growing and growing and growing, and then you have to face the reality of, wait, what's going on here? And so some of us might go to the third release valve, which is, let's just find a quick temporary fix. Is there a small thing I can do that just makes it feel like this is fixed, gets me to the next day? And so I could imagine if Paul and his friend group is walking around and the woman keeps saying, these men are slaves of the most high God. They pronounce a way of salvation and they just say, hey, take some money. Here's a little payment. I'm sure her, her bosses would have been appreciative. I'm sure she would have appreciated it in some way. But it wouldn't have actually addressed the root problem, which is that she is enslaved by the spirit and by these people. 
And she's crying out about what salvation could be. And it would be too small to just stop at a little bit of money. And so sometimes our temporary fixes allow the injustice to to just continue. But in this story, they don't take those paths. Maybe for a little while, Paul and his friends ignored because it kept happening for a few days. But eventually they were faced with, what do I do? And it says that after she had been doing this for many days, Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And And that came out that very hour. Now, I think this is important because so many of us, when we see injustice, we think, this is too big of a problem. What could I do? There's no way I can fix this. And we feel hopeless, and that's why we start trying to ignore it and do these other things. But Paul doesn't say, I got this, guys. In my name, I'm going to fix it. You know, it's not in Paul's name or a pastor's name or a pope's name or a president's name, but in the name of Jesus, be free. Now, in this story, it's, it's just a word and a proclamation, and God moves. And sometimes it's not just only in our words. There's some actions, there's some deeds we've got to do to help bring about release and the healing of where there's injustices. But you don't have to do, do it on your own power. There's one who's greater than us, who's moving amongst us. And you don't have to fix every injustice But there might be one person in front of you, one person who's being mistreated, abused, oppressed, that you can help them get released from that situation. And that's the person God's put in front of your path that day. And maybe not ignoring them, but just leaning in and saying, I want to show you who God is, because God is about salvation and healing. And so Paul frees her in the name of of Jesus. And I think it's also worth noting that he doesn't talk to the woman in the story. He talks to the spirit. So very much annoyed, he turned and said to the spirit, I order you to come out of her. So often we want to voice our frustrations at the people who are in the midst of being oppressed, the midst of being mistreated and be like, well, you should have done something different here. But what is it to turn to the root problem, the root cause of whatever oppression is happening and saying, this thing must change. Not you, fortune teller girl, shouldn't you have just ran away one day or or kind of getting on to her about her situation? But turning to the force that is causing her problems and saying, get away from her. Let her be free. And so this is good news. The woman is set free in the story. And that feels like this should be the great, nice, happy ending. And this is a much longer story than that. And it's going to take some twists and turns, and we're only going to read a portion of what comes next. But the thing to note before I read some more verses to you is that the status quo tends to strike back. When you free somebody from a situation, whoever had power in that situation is going to be frustrated, and they're going to lash back out. And so I'm going to read verses 19 to 24 to you, and we'll see how this woman who is freed, the story doesn't just end right there. But when her owners saw that their hope, their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas 
dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us Romans to adopt or observe. And the crowd joined in attacking them. And the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. And after they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. And following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. I wasn't joking about it striking back. Freeing people who have, have been misused and abused and mistreated causes a disturbance in the oppressive forces and the status quo. And you should not be surprised when freedom actually gets met with violent, harsh words, harsh behaviors, when freedoms that you might celebrate as justice, as peace, as let's celebrate how how the world is changing into something more beautiful, gets responded with, let's go back to how things were. Let's turn back the clock. Let's make sure we keep control and keep power over people. Because how dare you free this woman? She was our property. We get to tell her what she can do and what she can't do. And so not only are the owners mad, but they go and they make the crowds mad. And the crowds aren't just mad, they make the authorities mad. And suddenly every single person is conspiring to talk about how this situation is awful. How dare they free this woman of this fortune-telling spirit that makes some good money. And so we beat them and we put them in the innermost cell. It's time for prison because we don't want you freeing anybody else. Now, this story goes on, but I think this is a great spot for us to dwell on because for some of us, we are afraid if I do anything and it messes with the status quo, am I going to lose some friendships? Am I going to lose a job or whatever it might be that there's this fear of what will happen if I follow God faithfully? And so I, I have to tell you a story. My, my, I have a brother that was about seven and a half, eight years older than me. And so most of my life that I remember, you know, he's, he's much older. I'm the little kid. And he, even though he was much older, was spooked very easily. And so you could just walk down to the kitchen at night and he didn't know that you were there and he's jumping a mile and blaming you for it. Right? And you might know someone like that, that's just really jumpy. Well, one night I, I had a plan, you know, it, it's more fun to be intentional about it. If you're going to get that reaction, you should at least enjoy the night. And so uh, I had some, a Batman mask from a Christmas gift, right? And like a Batman cape. And I was probably like six or seven. And, and when you go into our upstairs bathroom by our beds, there, there's this like little half wall. And so I've got my Batman mask and cape on, and I'm hiding behind this wall. And I don't know how many minutes, how many, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes of waiting, but it's all going to be worth it, right? So he, he turns the lights on, he starts walking, and out jumps a tiny Batman. And he was so spooked, it was wonderful. And he then per, just went on to then just beat me to a pulp, basically, on the floor. And he's just hitting me, like, how dare you? But I can tell you, there was no pain felt in that because I am laughing my head off being hit <laughs> while he is so upset with me. 
There are some things that are worth it to you, that those pain points won't hurt you. That it matters more to Paul and Silas and his friends to free this woman, that you can flog me, you can handcuff me, you can ridicule me, you can insult me, you can lock me up in jail, but I'm going to still be joyful because what a great God God is. And we're going to get to see some of the beauty of that continue in the next couple of weeks as we continue in the story. But I hope that whenever you find yourself annoyed, frustrated, just like this thing seems so awful, that you don't turn away, you don't ignore it, you don't hide from it, that you look right at it and say, how is God going to bring salvation here? And to say, God, how do I work with you? How can I help? Is there anything I can do to make salvation for this person here in front of me today. And yes, there might be some consequences, but those consequences pale in comparison to the beauty and the joy and the hope and the love of seeing somebody set free. It's so worth it. And so may we all find some holy frustration that we have eyes to see when something is just wrong in the world and, and that, that person that's experiencing it, may we ask God, God, what does salvation look like here and now? And may we be a part of it. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come before you celebrating the fact that you offer freedom for the captives. Lord, that there are each of us who have our own story of of things that have held us down. And for each of us who've experienced your release, we thank you, we celebrate you. We ask that you continue to give us grateful spirits and minds. And we know that there are also those who worship with us who, who maybe are on that fence and, and haven't just cried out for that release. And Lord, we ask for the bravery to cry out to you Lord, we know you are like that prodigal son's father, ready to run to us. Lord, let us run to you. And Lord, may we be people who keep pointing to you, that we don't ignore the problems, but wherever there is injustice and evil and corruption, that we might point to your salvation. Lord, give us joy, give us courage, give us strength, give us the energy to live the life you've called us to. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.